Museum of the Moving Image welcomes you to the Pinewood Dialogues Online, an archive of conversations with innovative creative figures in film, television, and digital media. Visit Museum of the Moving Image in New York City or online at www.movingimage.us. Please welcome the winner of the Best Actress Award from the New York Film Critics Circle, Rachel Weiss. They're all glad that you lived <laughs> through the ending. Oh, the yeah. Film, in the movie. Yeah. The movie. She, she opens <laughs> the curtains, everything's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, actually, when the play originally came out, there was some complaint that, the, uh, that it was a happy ending. There were some critics who felt it that she should have killed herself at the end. Make it true. <laughs> it's funny. It's like someone said to me that whenever women in movies make a bid for freedom, they have to die at the end, right, like, like Thelma Louise. Yeah, like right, you've got right. you to die at the end. So I, maybe it's more radical that she lives. I think so, yeah. yeah. So uh, actually, the, whole, the, the role was quite radical. I mean, just in, in the landscape of tr- post-war drama in England, this character... A film, a, a play that's so focused on a woman protagonist and, and on her desires was really unusual at the time. So, could you talk about what you know, what drew you to doing this? I mean, I think we see you on the screen, but what drew you to the project? Um, I think, firstly, to work with Terence Davies. Mm. Um, in England, he's something of a cult director, so it was it was a big draw to work with him. And I'd actually never read the play or seen mm. the play. I missed that day in school or something. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I just read the screenplay, which Terence had adapted from mm-hmm. the play. And I, just was, I was just very touched by the story of a, a woman who... Um, kind of falls apart in front of in front of your eyes and uh uh knows that this love is impossible that this person doesn't really love her she she has the intelligence to know that it's all wrong but her heart is just broken and she she falls apart and loses her dignity and i I just thought it was a fascinating thing to explore now had you known terence davies before or you met him just through this project oh no i never met him before he he doesn't go out much, no. I think. But, um, we met initially on the phone. It was a very low-budget film, and I, I live in New York, so he, we, he, there was no budget for him to... F- we spoke right. on the phone. You didn't, couldn't fly you in for the rehearsal or the uh, For a meeting. Right, no, no, right. no, no, no. It was nothing like that. So we, we just spoke on the phone, and I just read it, and I said, I really loved it, and I, I was a fan of his work. And I said, well, let me just... Um, may I just sleep on it? Because, no, it's, you know, it's a commitment, you know, yeah. to... to go there and um, go there into the character I mean and uh, he said yes 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 but um, he said but but will you do it (laughs) (laughs) and I said oh I said yeah okay yeah and that was it so it's something about his directness and you know he couldn't possibly wait for me to sleep on it well he wouldn't have been able to sleep if you didn't absolutely and I couldn't put him through it yeah but he uh, the story I heard was that he had no idea uh, he had actually no idea who you are. None at all. And saw you, just happened to r- randomly see you on a movie, on well, TV. On it, a- it was weird because Terrence actually ha- doesn't, ha- hasn't really seen any films in colour. He stopped <laughs> watching movies. <laughs> no, quite seriously, when films went into colour, he lost interest in them. Right. But he w- watches and re-watches black and white movies. But he'd been in a hotel somewhere right. and a film had come on which he'd seen a few scenes from I don't think the whole thing it was a film called um, 
um, swept from the sea, uh, which I made quite a while ago. And he, he just remembered the name of the film and the girl there was a girl in it. Right. And so he said to the producer, <laughs> I, I remember this film and it's called Swept from the Sea and there's a girl in it and she's who I want. And the producer right. went, oh yeah, well I, I mean the producer knew who I was. So he said, yeah, she's called Rachel Weisz. Oh, I think he, right, he said something like, do you know who this actress is? And the answer was like, you're the only person in the world who doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> well I'm not the only person, but right. yeah, well, in the right, film, right. I get maybe, in the film, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what was it like working with him? I, you uh, were here a number of years ago with the constant gardener and talked about how much you love that style of working, which is a very different kind of film. It's very improvisational and sort of moving around a lot, handheld. This is totally <laughs> not quite the same. So what, what is it like? I mean, this is literally the diametrically opposite situation from working with someone like Fernando Moraes on The Constant right. Garnet. Fernando, um, basically, uh, it, it's more like being in a, fl- in a fly-on-the-wall documentary in that the camera's take second place to the what's happening with the the actors improvise go wherever they like yeah. uh, the cameras follow you around it's like reportage style and and uh if you want more lights you know they'll get another light bulb it's very kind of not uh uh the film grammar is just very kind of loose and and yeah. freestyle i suppose yeah. um and terence uh, and <laughs> terence is not like that um no. <laughs> <laughs> terence uh, loves symmetry mm-hmm. it's very important to him and the, the the framing of things and with the 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 actor being completely symmetrical in the frame is very important i mean I, one scene i remember particularly <laughs> I'm laughing now, but I wasn't laughing <laughs> on the day. The scene where my husband comes in and finds out that I've been unfaithful. I'm on the phone to my lover. And so I, I, when I read that scene, I'd imagined, you know, this is what my husband finds out. I'm being unfaithful. It's going to be a passionate scene and we're going to... I don't know. I thought I'd be walking around the room and, cry, I don't know, throwing things or something. Right. And he said, no, no, dear. You're, you're going to be sitting on the bed with your back to the camera. And I said, what? He said, yes, yes, you sit on the bed with your back to the camera and then you, you, you can just turn your neck. And the whole, that's the whole scene. The whole scene. Right. And I said, uh, okay, but can I just try? No, no, dear, just, just <laughs> sit. And, and I said, well, can I just try and get up just to see the, you know, the, that it's wrong? No, right. no dear. I, basically, if I'd have stood up, he wouldn't have moved the camera with me. I would have been out of frame and it would have been useless. Right. So um, he's very... Um, precise about what he wants and um uh and i think he was right i think he was absolutely right but i think what happened was sometimes there was like a like a fire in me about being constrained uh which i think became the 1950s because i have no idea how to act like someone in the 1950s i wasn't there but something about the way he kept me constrained I think maybe that anyway yeah. that's just my no but that's the tension theory. in the film that these emotions are hidden exactly because you, you think about why did this couple get married you know what drew them together like did you myself did, and Simon yeah. my husband yeah, so, right you know that was a weird thing because <laughs> so, when I read it again my fa- is the fantasy one has of things is very different i thought he was going to be a horrible cold mean nasty husband now we didn't have any money for rehearsal so we just filmed it there was no rehearsal time to get to know what the actors were going to do and so there in front of my eyes unfolded 
the loveliest husband. It was like, <laughs> he was so empathic and sweet. And I mean, lo- I mean, I don't know how everyone else felt, but I just thought, what a sweetie. And it made it so hard for me because there I was just, you know, destroying his life. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember what your question was. Well, just what it was like. No, that you answered it, even though you don't remember the okay. question. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, in terms of restraint, I mean, one thing I, I thought was, I think this is the first time we have a sex scene in a Terrence Davies film. Yeah. You know, and he's even said in interviews that <laughs> he doesn't even have sex, that he's celibate. But, yes. And he's certainly never filmed a sex scene. So what was that like? Well, he was excruciatingly <laughs> embarrassed. I mean, he was so embarrassed. He had his coat on, yeah. even though we were inside. And... <laughs> and um, <laughs> But he was very, again, you know, he knew exactly that he wanted this, there was this special camera arm that actually kept breaking down that day and we had to get sent for a new one because there wasn't money to have two, etc. Right. And the camera did this, that's where it does a 360 yeah, spinning. Yes. So he, he had in his mind the exact way he wanted to film it. Um, and I, in the morning, said, you know, maybe I'd just keep a slip on, you know, do you call it a slip in England? Like yeah, a little yeah. nighty thing, mm-hmm. nightdress thing. You know, maybe they Right. I don't know. I was trying to get out of taking my clothes right. off, I guess. And um, he said, no, 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 dear. No, no. You're, <laughs> you're, 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 to be, you're to be naked. And it was very important to him. Actually, yeah. a lot of people have asked me when I lick Freddie's shoulder, was that improv? Absolutely not. Yeah. Terrence, lick his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, he's incredibly, incredibly precise about everything, which is... Um, it's fascinating, really. What was the f- atmosphere on the set like? Because it has this um, intensity and um, precision, yet it was a 25-day... It was a very f- fast shoot. You didn't have much time at all. So, and, but, you, but you maintain this um, intensity. Uh, just, what was it like? I guess easier to yeah. maintain it for 25 days right than then. Six, yeah. six, 600 days. But... Um, the atmosphere was, it was very, very passionate. Everyone was there because they felt passionately about working with Terrence and about telling the story. Um, it wasn't doom and gloom. It was, we, I think we, we had a lot of laughs and Terrence can be extraordinarily funny. Um, yes. He talks <laughs> a lot about his, his mother who I think passed away, was it 40 years ago or does someone here, I don't know, many years ago. You would know. <laughs> How many years ago? Only 10, ten years. years ago? Oh, it's, it's much, it is fresh because fresher than uh, he would then often talk about his mother and then cry, really mm. cry. And he's, he's an incredibly emotional person. So yeah. I guess he sets a mood. I mean, if you were here now, he would be laughing and yes, then maybe yeah. cry. He's just a very emotional. He goes yeah. to the peaks and the troughs yeah. with great speed. Um, uh, uh, so it, it was a very emotional set. So I guess he created a, a set where passions were yeah. unbridled. Can you say that? Yeah. You, yes. <laughs> I don't know what they'd be like if they were bridled. But. <laughs> um, well, what was it? like playing this role. I mean, we, t- we, went, we did a program when The Whistleblower came out and we did an overview of your career and we called it, uh, I think, Passion and Purpose. Because oh. so many of your characters are... Was I? You were there. Was yeah. I there? Yeah. Oh. It's been a very memorable <laughs> evening. <Ryan. laughs> with The Whistleblower. Oh, with The Whistleblower. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, great. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So anyhow, just this idea, you often play c- characters who have very strong passion, whether it's uh, for, you know, different, if, different ways. So how, what was this role like to play for you? Um, well, I guess it's more interesting. There are lots of different roles to play, but I guess it's more interesting to me to play someone passionate than unpassionate. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm trying to think, could it be interesting to be unpassionate? Dispassionate. I don't know. Yeah. I think the whistleblower and, and the constant gardener, I guess, yeah. are they're pa- women who are very passionate about politics. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a cause that they yeah. that they have. This Hester um, is her pa- her passion is a man yeah. um, is love, and I don't really have a um, like a hierarchy that one's politics is better than. A man or a man's... I don't know. They're both interesting to she me. She was sort of political before. I mean, this was before the women's movement in a way... Hester. Hester, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, feminism doesn't exist as a yeah. concept or a word or a notion. She's just behaving um, on instinct and yeah. she's being ostracized for what she's doing, but she's not part of a... She's right. completely <laughs> apolitical as a person, yeah. which I like about yeah. her. I want to ask you just one thing, and then I'll open it up to the audience. But uh, I think Tom Hiddleston is really an extraordinary actor. Um, and Amazing. Could you talk about working with him? I mean, we luckily we just really immediately hit it off. He's very um, open, uh, very daring, very brave, very bold, very very bright. Um, gorgeous um and uh we we had a really great working relationship we wouldn't go and sort of go and hang out in the evenings after work because it was it was like a little bubble it was the world where you know we both had to really um you know emotionally undress every every day so um it was uh it was a it was it was a really wonderful working relationship i loved love working with him Okay, let's um, open it up. I'll repeat, um, just to make sure people can hear, right over here. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's asking about this scene in the train station where you're about to kill yourself. And, that's, and, yeah. and the fact that there was no train there, and so I had to ima- imagine it. Um, I suppose, you know, as an actor, I wish I could come up with something really clever and interesting <laughs> to say, but I have to imagine all sorts of things. Sometimes I imagine I'm American. <laughs> uh, uh, I imagine I'm a doctor, which to me, or a scientist, which to me is like, I can barely, I still add up on my fingers. So it's like, you know, I have to imagine all sorts of things. So to imagine that happening is just, I don't know, it's just, I just imagine it. I, don't, I guess it being an actor is just like being a kid. If you ask a little kid to imagine something, they find it really easy. I think actors, we just, we just keep that childish thing going. Yeah. I, I haven't had any experience with... Um, yeah, suicide or, or trains or anything. So it was just, um, it's just imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Do you talk much? I mean, this is maybe an American style of like getting a lot of backstory. Do you do that? Do you have those sort of discussions? No. Or you just, Terrence just told you what to do. And, well, or, Terrence had told me what, to, he didn't tell me, I mean, right. he would physically place me somewhere 
within the frame. And then emotionally, I had the world to yeah. travel, yeah. but I just was physically placed somewhere. Um, do, do we talk about backstory? No, we didn't. We did. There was one line which I really fought hard to put into the film, which is in, which I can't remember if it was in the play, if that's mm. where I got the idea from, but I kept saying I, a, a contemporary audience is going to, uh, or I kept asking, why haven't they had a child? Mm. Why haven't they had a child? Why mm. haven't they had a child? What is it? What is it? Yeah. Can they not? Do they not have sex? You know, what is right. it? So just um, there's a line where Simon Russell Beale's character says, would it have made a difference yeah, yeah. if we'd had a child? Just yeah. so that you know that they're that thinking it up. Of, that yeah. it came up. Yeah. Um, so that was, in terms of backstory, the only thing that worried me is, mm-hmm. was the um, no one mentioning the childlessness. Right. Yeah. Okay. More questions? Right here? Are you able to cry? Um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the anxiety you sometimes have is what if it doesn't come? What if it? I have this scene to do today and it says in the script, Hester completely breaks down by the <laughs> fireplace. And you think, oh God, what if I can't? What happens is, with great writing, and I think this is great writing, like your character and your story has been mapped out in really complex, deep, deep ways. And I've been, we shot it on the last, right, almost at the last day. So I've been living her story for 14 hours a day for 24 days. So at that point, you kind of, you just, when the director says action, you just, think it's true i just uh i just believe it and then when he says cut i stop believing it <laughs> um and that sounds kind of like i'm not really answering the question if it's not great writing if it's kind of if there's not much for you to get inspired by then it's hard then it's hard then you think how the Fuck, am I going to cry? <laughs> but uh, if it's great writing, the, the story, it mo- I'm moved by it. I'm moved by the story, I guess. Okay. Just, I can't see if there's any in the back, but go ahead, up there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, can you hear me from up here? Yes, yeah. pretty well. Um, <laughs> So he's asking about the very like sort of restrained yeah, acting style restrained. that you had to play. That it was How both. Well, I didn't really feel calm. I, I think in England we call it being stoic, which is something which I'm not very good at in real life. But it's, um, I think, part of British culture, particularly back in the fifties. Um, you know, British people are much more uh, shy of being very emotional and very, you know, uh, 
I think it's a cultural thing. So I understood what Terence wanted. If Terence hadn't been there, I would have been, I would have let go much more and perhaps it would have been very wrong and too contemporary feeling. Um, but I, underneath this seemingly calm thing, I wasn't feeling calm. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how long it got, I, I mean, almost immediately, if, you, if you're being still and you can't move around, then you, you, you um, immediately I felt I was in it. <laughs> What about the line? Like, there's a, 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 a territory that film explores about the line between madness and love, like, which is a, sort of a fine line. Like, it, remind, um, it reminds me of certain Martin Scorsese characters. Like, I thought of The Age of Innocence, or a character who just has such a fixed, we can say, passion or obsession or whatever. And there were people who said that Hester was mad, but she's really not. But she's extreme. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she's mad. I think it's yeah. a valid interpretation. I don't think yeah. she's mad. I think she's in love. Yeah. Very, very in love. But there are people who think that love is a kind of psychosis, and yeah. they're allowed to think that too. But I don't think she's mad. No. Yeah. No, I think she's just completely in love. Yeah. Completely. They're just each looking for something different. I mean, that's sort of the tragedy of the film. Like each of those three people just wants something different. Yeah, um, they're not. Yeah. They're not suited for each other. Yeah. 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 Okay. Take. A few more over here, back there. The red? Yeah, sure. Uh, with regard to acting in a period piece, do you find it harder or maybe easier to put the modern day idiosyncrasies aside to, to bring a period? Okay, so what is it like working in a period piece for you? <clears throat> in a way, it doesn't really matter to me what, you know, I did a film that was, I think it was. Fourth century. Agora? Yeah, yeah, I think it's fourth century. I've forgotten the exact date a long time ago. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is 1950-something. And I think my, just my job as an actor is just to make the character feel like they're alive. And so when you watch someone on a screen, you want to feel like they're, li- they're alive. They're not, um, they're not acting. They're not... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you're watching real life. I think costumes make you behave differently um, and give a sense of period. And as I kind of have said a lot now, I suppose, is that I think Terence, by um, making everything so still, created something that didn't feel modern. There's something about the stillness that I think... Would you agree? Feels not modern? Or not? Um, Yeah, well, the, the atmosphere is interesting that he creates. I mean, that he... You know, what's interesting about this film is that it's um, about the atmosphere is that it's not... Um, he, his films never feel realistic, but there's a way still this feels very... Grit, there's a sort of grittiness to it that, that he achieves, but it still is in this sort of unreal territory you know, that, that he always does, always is able to achieve. Uh, but I, I wonder if the period helped you... Uh, sort of those costumes and that setting uh, help you find your character. Like, do you work from the outside ever where, where, where all the trappings of the character and the plays help you find the emotions? Not, uh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Shoes are important. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of actors say that, I think. Yeah. Shoes are important. You've got to feel right. <laughs> I don't know how these make me feel, but very... Tall. They're getting so high, shoes, these days. <laughs> okay. Over here. Have, have you uh, ever worked with Simon Russell Beale on stage and if not, do you have any plans to do so? 
Or have you worked with Simon Russell Beale on stage? No, I haven't. I've just sat in the audience many, many times and watched him. He's an amazing actor. No plans to, but very open to any offers. Yeah. <laughs> Over here. <clears throat> um, were there things that Terence Davies experimented with um, on set, even though he knew what he wanted? Yeah, sometimes he would change. He didn't have a storyboard. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was no storyboard. But um, I think there were days when he would say, oh, the experimenting for Terence would be putting the camera somewhere and saying that it's not in the right place. And it's just an emotional thing for him. He'd look, he doesn't have a... Does he have a monitor sometimes? I can't remember. But anyway, he'd look at the frame and say, it's not right, it's not right. And they'd keep moving it, keep, and he'd go, oh, yes, there it's right. So he would experiment with how it, how it felt. Um, um, I wouldn't say he's wildly experimental. But he planned to shoot a sex scene with a revolving camera. So that, I mean, I think his, the, the filmmaking itself is very experimental, the way he puts a movie together and the way in which you describe this kind of heightened um, sort of like artifice. I don't know. You, you'll do a better job than me explaining I, I read a story, though, where, he's, where his cameraman would, you know, like he would come over and move the camera like a, a mil, you know, f- fraction of a millimeter, and the cameraman would say, does that make any difference at all? And he was convinced it did, and I'm sure it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, over here. So you're saying you work with Terrence Malick, who he says has a free-flowing directorial style. Like, is there a certain style that you prefer to work with? Actually, his directing style isn't free-flowing, Terrence Malick. I mean, I only work, I worked for five days with him, and I did it because I'm a huge fan of his work, and I got the experience of seeing how he worked, at least on this film. Um, it's actually uh, often very, very, very technical. Um, I wouldn't really exactly call it freedom um i don't know how much you want me to go into it but oh okay in general sorry it was a very particular experience with terence malick um really interesting quite quite bizarre um no really really unusual but uh (laughs) um uh what do i prefer i prefer freedom <laughs> but I, do, I don't think that necessarily makes my performance better but how could one not prefer to be free you know it's just a good feeling uh but um i think terence davis is a great director and i think the way in which he directed me has made my performance much better so it's, i don't know which i choose <laughs> for the film nerds here can you tell us a detail about terence malick and what uh, was unusual about um, well, for instance, I don't know if he, just on this film, he was experimenting with um, a, ca- sorry, a camera facing this way, um, like a steady cam, mm. and there'd be two actors. And he didn't want to do um, you know, a wide shot, two shot, two overs, close ups, because mm. that's bourgeois. Boring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> right. um, so, so he got the actors to 
pivot, hmm. keep pivoting. Oh. So one, you'd be walking it with your face to the camera and then turning and bringing your face next to the camera and the other, hmm. person, other person would be in front of the camera, which is kind of like trying to do a dance while you're yeah. also improvising hmm. um, about a character that you don't even know who you are or what the story is. So it's quite <laughs> unusual. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he's his own, he's his own, he's like a collage artist. He's his own, he's genius, no, no, no question about it. It was uh, completely fascinating, but hmm. um, actually had its rules, a lot of its own rules. I wasn't, didn't feel free. Hmm. <laughs> Over here. Wait, are you talking, Terrence is, are Davies. You oh, Davies. Oh, it's Terrence Davies. Yeah, Did he talk about movies and directors that he liked? Because he is often referencing older yeah. films. Yeah, well, that yeah. Judy Garland film he loves. Oh, the, yeah. well, we were, we, we were talking about... Um, he loves Doris Day. He loves Doris, Doris Day, Day musicals, so he loves Young at Heart. But he loves... Um, I mean, the film I, that came up a lot in relation to this was Brief Encounter, I guess. I don't know if that was sure, something that you... Sure, sure. The Noel Coward... Who is it? David Lean? David Lean directed. Yeah, yeah, did you, I don't know Cow- if that... But did you talk about these films or... or um, I'd, seen Brief Encou- I'd seen Brief Encounter before. I didn't re- yeah. re-watch it for this. But yeah, he loves um, Now Voyager, the Betty Davis movie. Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> and um, then another thing that he really loved, which I watched, which I thought had really dated, personally, was... Um, uh, the film, oh yeah, the heiress he's obsessed oh. with. Olivia, I mean, I I don't know. The Sorry. William Wyler film. Yeah, yeah. I thought Now Voyager is like not dated at all. Yeah. But anyway, he loves Now Voyager and the heiress were two movies that he um, he really, 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 really loves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He he loved Tragic Woman. Well, <laughs> yeah, story stories about women going through something dramatic and interesting. That yeah, great drama. Okay, down here. Thank you. Uh, what was your favorite scene to shoot, and what was the hardest? <coughs> um, uh, favorite scene: um, singing in the pub. Uh, <laughs> and it was I, the idea was that my I didn't really know the the character Hester hadn't been to pubs before because she's too posh um, <laughs> and so she didn't know the words and so I was trying to kind of learn the words as um, the character's trying to learn the words as, I love that scene and Terence was running around screaming at all the extras with kind of love and passion going no 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 it's not right and because he you know he'd been in the pubs in yeah. those days when people sang and it, he, he said we, people weren't enthusiastic we weren't being all the the background artists were not being enthusiastic enough and he was getting very frustrated with them um, but he, he got he was kind of conducting them and uh, <clears throat> and the hardest scene um, oh gosh I don't know can't, I can't remember that the hardest um, yeah okay. okay just have time for a few more so over here go ahead sure Oh, why Freddie's with her. So why, I guess, um, yeah, it's interesting that, that the script is so forthright about Freddie not loving her. So why is 
he with her? Um, I can't imagine. <laughs> She's insufferable. Um, no, I, I guess initially sexual attraction. I mean, isn't that what happens between people? They, you don't know anybody at first, do you? I mean, you, I mean, unless you spend many, many hours and years getting to know them. I mean, you get to know people are often sexual attraction, I think at first and a kind of a, a love, but he could just can't give her what she wants. Um, I guess she tries to introduce him to her world a bit, takes him to see, um, cubist paintings, which really pisses him off. He's just can't, he's not interested in what she's trying to show him. And, Actually, I, I think, I mean, she's very interested in his world. She goes with him to the part, you know, she's, she wants to be part of his world. She wants to go beyond just the little life that she's led in art galleries and in her husband's study or wherever she's been. Um, <clears throat> but he's, he's not, he, he can't, I don't know, I think he's not flexible and he's, he, he, he can't be with her. So initially, I'm, I, I don't know, I think there was a kind of a love, but as he gets to know her, he, he just... Um, I don't know, what do you think? I don't know. Well, the, both, both of the men in the film in their own way have... I mean, they, they want emotion up to a certain point. I mean, he can't deal with emotion. He has that whole speech about... Who? Uh, Freddie. Freddie. Um, yeah, she's a, she's, a, she's a lot. Yeah, so he's so, only so much he can handle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have you been surprised by, or you must have been pleased by the re- response now that the film is getting? It's a very small film um, in terms of the release, and uh, so the fact that it's now getting these accolades at the end of the year must be. Oh, I mean, it's tremendous. Yeah. It means that um, you know, um, o- you know, honors shine a light on on Terence's yeah. work, and it means yeah. that people will see and hear his work and. Yeah. That's, it's, that's really important to me and, and, and a one, it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. to happen because I think more people will hopefully see the little this little film. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations again and thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Pinewood Dialogues at Museum of the Moving Image are made possible by generous support from the Pannonia Foundation. To learn more about the museum, visit www.movingimage.us.